Now all across North Carolina, it's Carolina Newsmakers. Here's your host, Don Curtis. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. Delighted to be back with you again this week. And this week we have as our guest a frequent visitor to our program, Dale Falwell, who is the 28th treasurer of the state of North Carolina, having been elected in, uh, on uh, November the 8th, 2016. And uh, so you've been in office now just about uh, three years. That's correct. Yeah. Um, and, of course, uh, the state treasurer's office, as we will set the stage, does a number of things for North Carolina, but uh, one of the primary functions is is managing the $90 billion pension investments for more than 950,000 teachers, firefighters, and public employees, and also the state health plan is a division of the Department of State Treasury. And, of course, all the borrowed monies that we do and so forth. It's a big job. It's a big job. Well, it is. As uh, Charles Heatherly said in the book Keeper of the Public Purse about former treasurer Harlan Bowles, who you and many of your listeners are familiar with, not only probably the best state treasurer in North Carolina history, but the best state treasurer of the 20th century in the United States. Uh, the state treasurer has more constitutional respons- and statutory duties and responsibilities than any other elected person in the state except for the governor. And uh, I asked Charles one time about the governor comment. He said, well, that had to do with the governor having command of the National Guard. And But as you said, as the keeper of the public purse, we manage the 25th largest pool of public money in the world. The pension plan is now over $100 billion, not $90 billion. Uh, we're paying out $750 million every 30 days for health care and pension benefits. And the total amount of our responsibilities at the treasurer's office is eight times as large as the state budget. Eight times. So now, uh, do you sign every one of those checks personally, or do you just – just yours. Oh, okay. Well, I just wanted to check. Check's in the mail. The, the check is in the mail. I've heard that before. In fact, I've even maybe used it once or twice. Okay. Not recently. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, uh, first of all, the, the pension investments for the state of North Carolina, which is, as you said, has now grown to $100 million. And uh, yet, it's still a little unfunded, isn't it, for a long range? It is. It's $100 billion. $100 billion. Uh, yeah. Did I say a billion? Well, what's a couple of billion dollars, <clears throat> yeah. friends? Um, it, it is under, it's one of the best-funded pension plans in the United States. So let me I'll make sure we reduce all the anxiety among our pensioners who are listening to your program. Uh, but it has some headwinds. Um, the reason is is that, A, um, the only way that this plan perks, so to speak, is if it money goes in every 30 days by the employee and the employer, but the money has to grow at a certain assumed rate of return we have not achieved that on average in 21 years. So and that uh, that rate, in all honesty, was set back when <clears throat> interest rates were higher, and mm-hmm. so uh, things like bonds and so forth were paying more than they're right. paying now. And right. so that's that that probably needs to be adjusted, doesn't it? Well, yes, and I, I'm I'm the first treasurer to adjust it in the last few decades. And but the reason, and this is a really perverse thing, is perversely as we talk on the show about these esoteric issues uh, that your listeners will hear this week the better funded your pension plan is the harder it is to do the right thing by lowering the assumed rate of return because that means you have to fund more yes so uh, these plans around the country that are 35 40 percent funded they're lowering their assumed rate of return but they're they weren't funding it to start with so this is one of those levers, like uh, in the agrarian world, we all know that there's some levers you barely pull on, and they, 
you got to be really careful with them. This is one of these levers that we barely adjust because every time that we lower the assumed rate of return to a more realistic rate, uh, the state has to come up with more money for the state employees. But more importantly, the cities and the counties had to come up with more money. And ultimately, the cities and counties have nowhere to go except to property taxes to find that those need for those for those increased revenues. So we've lowered it to 7% assumed rate of return. We just got our 20-year number in. It's uh, 6%. So anytime you miss a number by that amount over a 21-year period of time on $100 billion, it results in the premise of your question, Don, which was the unfunded liability is about $12 billion just on the pension plan. And that's one of the five best in the United States. Just imagine if you were interviewing the treasurer from South Carolina or Alabama or Kentucky where their pension plans are 61 55 and 33 percent funded accordingly so you know this is not our problem we've got enough problems on our own but those other states if uh, when the bell rings and they have to pay out what are they going to do just raise their current budget or something to yeah cover? well you know these these are obligations and and uh, more in addition to the concern that you just brought up about like how are they going to write checks to these individuals is another concern is how do you invest money when you're 33 percent funded and so the dollar you're taking into the plan today may have to be paid out in four years from now <clears throat> how do you actually do long-term uh, 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 investing oh, yeah. for 10 or 12 year period of time so these are major challenges and it's the reason that Warren Buffett said 16 weeks ago that the unfunded pension and health care liabilities uh, any company is thinking about relocating it better look at what the liabilities are of the state and the community they're going to because as Warren Buffett has said and now you are saying as the sage of Raleigh he's the <laughs> sage of Omaha uh, as the sage of Raleigh that these bills will ultimately be have to be paid and Buffett's saying he's admonishing people you better look at what these liabilities are before you relocate your business into some of these other states and communities. Well, yeah, and that should help us in industrial recruiting because we are, like you said, in the top five. Well, exactly. And, uh, and you know, as you've told your listeners in the past, uh, at one point over the last several years, I was the Assistant Secretary of Commerce in charge of uh, reforming the unemployment system. And <clears throat> that was a, a fantastic success. But it doesn't matter if it's this governor or the previous governor this Commerce Secretary, the previous Commerce Secretary, I've asked them, I've educated every one of those folks about this is a plus for North Carolina. This is something that you need to be discussing if you're going out and pitching business. Because when Warren Buffett says it, Standard Poor's says it, the rating agencies say it, Pew Research says it, uh, you better know that these companies are looking at these kinds of issues, and this is something that we should be able to use at a competitive economic recruitment advantage for North Carolinians. Now, uh, of course, the Fed is is actually lowering it, their uh, interest rate, uh, or I guess what it used to be called prime interest. I'm not sure that's a, a word that anybody uses much anymore, but the, their rate. At, but the problem with that is uh, when you are investing – uh, that also means that bonds are going to come down, too. So we can borrow at a lower rate, but we also earn a lower rate on bonds. Well, you use the word uh, prime rate, and we use a lot of words on our show uh, together that people haven't heard for a while. So <laughs> that's just another one of those. Uh, 
and you know to take us back in time uh one of paul simon's earliest albums you might remember was called kodachrome yeah and there was a song on that album called one man's ceiling is another man's floor and if you remember the the um the album cover it actually had a chair glued to a floor and a chair on top of it so one man's ceiling is another man's floor and going back to your point that lower interest rates are great for economic activity ec- economic vitality p- uh, um, home ownership people to be able to purchase homes all the other things they need to live their life but as the recent new york times reported it is it is a real big has a real big impact on the pension plan not of just in North Carolina, but around the world. This is a major, major challenge coming forward. Well, it, uh, you know, the interesting thing is by, because we have such magnificent abilities to look at these things in the future because of the computer programs we have, this is something we know about, And uh, but it's just something I guess that most legislators just want to say, well, I don't have a solution, so let's just kick the can down the road just a bit further and let somebody else worry about it yeah but unfortunately this can not just the pension but the health care this can is now the size of the uss north carolina and uh we can go kick it all day long but it's not going to budge so uh what what are your ideas for a solution for this well we've tried over the last couple of years at the treasurer's office to put forth some common sense uh ideas on things that we can do as far as the pension plan is concerned uh, unfortunately, those ideas were vetoed by the governor, and that veto was not overridden. Uh, we just got some things inside the plan that we need to clean up. Uh, one thing that was not in that bill, but maybe I'll just share it with your, uh, with your listeners. You can actually retire and name a, an annuitant, a surviving annuitant who's one year old, as your surviving annuitant in this pension plan. So if you're a female and you're one year old, your life expectancy is about 88 years. That means this pension plan is going to be paying out this benefit for 88 years. It'll pay out for the lifetime of the retiree and then the lifetime of that annuitant. The challenge with that is the actuarial tables don't go out 88 years. Number one, we haven't hit our assumed rate of return in 21 years. We're not going to hit it for another 21 years. Uh, and so my point of saying that is that we have tried over the last two years to bring forth common sense solutions to try to tighten up some of these issues. And the bill that I mentioned that was vetoed by the governor uh, was actually supported by the State Employees Association of North Carolina. So uh, it's ironic that the treasurer of North Carolina, along with the State Employees Association of North Carolina, <coughs> has come out in favor of trying to do some common sense things to tighten up this pension plan. And the reason that I'm doing that is that is that I've made a promise to sustain this plan for the next generation of public service workers and i'm trying as hard as we can since we don't control the stock market or the bond market or the interest rate market just trying as hard as we can to make sure that we don't end up like one of these other states that your listeners hear about all the time what was the governor's concern in vetoing the bill uh well you have to ask him his concern was that we were taking benefits away and but the, my answer to this is this if i owe you a hundred dollar bill if i owe you a hundred dollars do you care if I give you a hundred dollar bill, two fifties, or five twenties? You don't. Yeah. So all the benefits of the joint survivor, the hundred percent maximum, the fifty percent survivor, all those benefits stay in place. But we had some benefit structures inside this these uh, withdrawal options that are bad for the participant in one particular case and bad for the plan in another case. And we were just trying to clean some of that stuff up. 
Our guest is Dale Falwell, and we'll be back with another segment of Carolina Newsmakers right after these messages. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. Today, I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying, totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. I'm not staying home tonight. I'm at school all day. If they want me to do the work, give it to me while I'm at school. This guy has me coming to work 10 hours a day. So what if I didn't finish school? That doesn't mean he could work me like a dog. Hey, man, I need a few bucks. My car's busted and I need some cash. Hello? Hello? Every decision you make has a benefit or a consequence. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the United States Air Force. We continue with Carolina Newsmakers. Here's Don Curtis. We're back on uh, Carolina Newsmakers with our guest, Dale Falwell, who is the 28th treasurer of the state of North Carolina. And uh, we have talked about the... uh, state pension plan, but uh, one of the other things that is so much in the news as uh, recently has been the state health plan, which also is a responsibility of the Office of Treasurer. Uh, where are we on that? What, what's the latest? Well, <clears throat> the health plan, unlike the pension plan, is one of the most insolvent in the United States. As a matter of fact, according to Pew Research, its insolvency ranks us right behind the state of Illinois. And the reason is, unlike the pension plan, on the health plan, uh, we have obligations for people to be eligible for lifetime health care as retirees, but no money has ever been put aside for that purpose. You can make that same sentence, you could say that same sentence about the pension plan, but as I've, we've told your listeners before, every month money goes into the pension plan on their behalf and the money grows. Uh, that same obligation on the healthcare side exists, except no money's ever been put aside. So uh, what we attempted to do last year is to introduce clear pricing so that we could get rid of secret hospital contracts so that we could push the power to the consumer so that the result of those two things, I absolutely am convinced we're going to lower healthcare costs for state employees. To personalize this just for a moment, This is a big deal. We have beginning teachers, beginning troopers, and other state employees who have to work one week out of the work month this year to pay the family premium. And some of them are taking second jobs just to pay the the family premium. So this is not the family premium associated with Honda Winston-Salem, where I used to work, or Forsyth Garbage Service. This is not the family premium associated with a small employer with 25 employees. This is the family premium associated with the largest purchaser of health care in North Carolina that has almost as many participants in it as the number of people who work for these three companies combined. J.P. Morgan, the bank, Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway, and Amazon. 
that is the size of the buying power in this plan, and it's inexcusable that the largest purchaser of health care and prescription drugs in this state cannot do it better and cheaper on behalf of those that we have the loyalty and duty of care to. So uh, what's, what's next? Well, what's next is, is that uh, we were boycotted even in, uh, by all the major hospitals across North Carolina. And as I have said many times before, these are cartel-like activities. And some people really uh, take offense to the use of that, that sentence. But if you, you know, when you're faced with anxiety and uncertainty, maybe the two places we should go are to the Bible and the Webster's Dictionary. There's nothing about cartel in the Bible, but in the Webster's Dictionary, it says a cartel is an association that is formed to restrict competition and or raise prices. So when you have all the major hospitals in North Carolina, after being offered 100% profit on average, some of these hospitals who boycotted us stood to make millions more in income. When you have them boycotting the state health plan, that is a very serious matter. So what we have done for next year, if we've taken the 26,000 providers who said yes, like Raleigh Orthopedics, <coughs> like ECU physicians, like uh, Tryon Medical down in Charlotte, 26,000 providers have said yes and said, we joined the treasurer's office, the state health plan. We don't want to be a part of secret contracts. We don't mind telling people what things are going to cost when they come into our facility. And we're going to help the treasurer's office lower health care costs because these folks know that this is unsustainable <coughs> going forward. At the end of the day, uh, because of the boycott, we had to accept all the secret contracts, all the higher prices associated with the hospitals, and therefore we're going to have accessible, an accessible, fully accessible health care network for our state employees next year, but we're not giving up. Well, uh, health care, of course, is everyone's uh, major concern, not only the state employees, which you look after, but, of course, private employers as well, and health care costs just keeps going up. Uh, another thing, and of course this is not under your uh, uh, direct uh, responsibility, mm -hmm. but uh, the other major concern that uh, is in the news these days, and you might want to comment on it, even though it's not something you necessarily <coughs> are directly involved with, and that is the uh, huge amount of student debt on uh, education and the rising cost of education, which funds that. It is a financial time bomb, and it's not a matter of if, but when. If, when you look at the statistics of the people who are close to my age who have this issue with student debt, it's absolutely remarkable. And it's not just the tuition. It's the books. It's the rent. It's the lodging. It's all the student fees. It's everything that's wrapped up in the student debt. So these are, these are very, very uh, uh, serious issues going forward. And that's why, uh, as Keeper of the Public Purse, we – are making sure that we're doing everything we can with the responsibilities that we have for the pension, the health care, and the financial solvency of North Carolina. So now on the good news side, uh, uh, borrowing money is is uh, apparently for the foreseeable future is going to be relatively still a bargain. It is. Uh, we just issued $600 million worth of debt last week, what we call general obligation bonds. Uh, you know, Nobody likes to borrow money, um, but if, if there's a need to borrow money, and more importantly, if the voters have approved it, since they're the ones that are going to be asked to pay for it, which was the case in, in the general obligation bonds, it was called Connect NC. Uh, 
So that was a $2 billion bond offering for uh, universities, community colleges, and the National Guard and, and parks and other types of entities across North Carolina. So <clears throat> we issued $600 million worth of those bonds last week. Uh, we only issue the bonds when the projects are actually ready. And um, so we were able to do uh, $600 million worth of bond issuance for less than 2% and over a 20-year period of time. So that's a fantastic interest rate. And uh, it's the result of the credit quality that North Carolina has. And uh, we look forward to, uh, to doing this as necessary and as approved by the voters. Are we able to replace some of our more expensive bonds with lesser bonds now? Uh, when we, we borrow? We take every opportunity to do that. And there's a, a term called MPV, which is net present value. So we're, we're constantly taking your question and we're, uh, so to speak, we're pouring all of our bonds, all of the debt that North Carolina has outstanding. We're constantly pouring it through that filter, that net present value, to determine if there's any savings. And uh, if it's a penny or a paper clip, we're very serious about saving money at the treasurer's office. And the last one or two of these that we've done, Don, have resulted in tens of millions of dollars in interest savings. Uh, the Charlotte Airport, a year and a half or two years ago, did a refinancing at the Charlotte Airport. Uh, we informed the Charlotte Airport that they had an unfunded pension health care liability. They were actually able to s- take some of the money from the interest savings and completely pay off all their unfunded pension and health care liabilities. So these lower interest rates are very bad for the returns of the pension plan, but it gives some people an opportunity to refinance at lower interest rates. And for your listeners whose eyes may be glazed over right now, I hope they're not driving when that, while that's occurring. <laughs> but for your listeners, this is, this is not complicated. This is exactly like you would do as an individual if you had a 6% mortgage and somebody offered you a 4% mortgage. It just has to do with more billions of dollars. Now, one of the things that happens in North Carolina as we look ahead at transportation needs is we kind of know where we're going to need to buy rights-of-way and so forth. And even though those rights-of-way might not be used for several years, is it wise to go ahead and buy at today's prices rather than wait and pay and since interest rates are low? Or is this just an, uh, an unnecessary use of public money? Well, there's it's a, it's a delicate balance. Um, obviously, buying right away and procuring land to build roads is not as easy as it used to be, especially with the growth of North Carolina uh, and some of the issues and some of the, the court actions that, uh, that the government has to, to go through in order to make some of these projects work. So it, as, as you say, um, it, it's a really fine balance. It's in the investment management business, you raise money when you can, not when you need it. <laughs> um, and but in the debt business, you 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 raise the money when you need it because paying <coughs> interest on debt uh, that you um, that you're not quite ready to use yet is a is not something that we ever forecast for. Well, uh, the um, uh, and of course also in the news recently was the fact that the uh, transportation department is putting off some projects. Uh, those are going to cost more uh, by putting them off. Is it wise to go ahead and borrow the money and do them now? I have. Uh, I didn't bring that schedule with me, but I believe I've ish- given the North Carolina Department of Transportation more hundreds of millions, if not billions, of dollars in my two years as the state treasurer than any previous treasurer in North Carolina history. Uh, 
the issues that the North Carolina Department of Transportation are going to be more uh, flushed out over the next few weeks. But uh, this is a serious matter when you are uh, have been giving billions, hundreds of millions and billions of dollars to do uh, road projects, and now you say that you're out of money. And uh, it's something that's going to be looked into very closely. Now, we also have uh, the so-called rainy day fund, which has been more closely identified with bad weather, but it is also a, a fund that is supposed to uh, take care of blips in the economy. It's not just for bad weather, but we have been taxed with bad weather recently, uh, especially uh, the year before this, and uh, this year's flood wasn't as bad as it could have been. But uh, do we have enough in that rainy day fund to take care of our needs? Well, you know, often in government, uh, people uh, put labels on things, and it's kind of confusing. For example, we talked about the bonds earlier, and that was actually the Connect NC bonds, but yeah. it had nothing to do with roads. It had to do with construction. Yeah. And then there were some bonds that the General Assembly approved last year called Build NC, which had nothing to do with – you would think that had something to do with building it, – but it's building roads, not the Connect. So – to your point, the rainy day fund is appropriately named <laughs> because Lord knows it's rained in, in many parts of North Carolina over the last two years. And so uh, we have one of the strongest rainy day funds in the United States, but it's been depleted over the last several years because of the rain. And I hope that the General Assembly will take an enormous part of the budget surplus and replenish the rainy day fund. Our guest is Dale Falwell, the state treasurer, and we'll be back with more right after these messages. You've got your shades on, do you? So cool, so hip, so sheltered by frames of UV protection to show the world you are a force. But did you also know by wearing sunglasses, you're doing your eyes a favor? That's right. Sunglasses help avoid overexposure to the sun, which can produce red eyes, a feeling of grittiness, even excessive tearing. But you, oh master of the incognito, are taking care of your eyes without even knowing it. For more easy ways to keep keeping your eyes healthy, see your optometrist or visit AOA.org. One in three adults in America have prediabetes, but most don't know it. To let people know it can be reversed before it becomes type 2 diabetes, professional basketball player Julius Randle is doing everything in reverse. I'm only dunking with reverse windmills. I drove the whole way to practice in reverse. I don't recommend it. This move's called the reverse shuffle. I do recommend it. And it took me months to learn how to speak in reverse, like this. <clears throat> Here's 10 almost for diabetes type 2 with living, then has my mom. In other words, my mom has been living with type 2 diabetes for almost 10 years. So together, we want to say to the 84 million Americans at risk, exercise and healthy eating can help reverse prediabetes. Start by taking a simple one-minute risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. <laughs> Bet he can't say that in reverse. Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. We're back with our guest, Dale Falwell, the North Carolina State Treasurer, and we have talked about uh, the uh, bond. Uh, well, we haven't talked about the bond referendum. We've talked about the state health plan, and we've also talked about the North Carolina pension. And uh, those are two issues that have been much in the news recently. Um, let's let's uh, move to some things that are a little bit more fun to talk about. One is the unclaimed cash uh, that is in your office that belongs to the people, and you're sort of holding it, waiting for somebody to claim it. And uh, we talk about this all the time, and people from time to time do 
listen and check out and find out, yes, indeed, I've got some money that owed me for various and sundry reasons. Sometimes it's a, an interest check that uh, the, the address was wrong, and sometimes it can be a number of things. So where does all of this unclaimed cash come from, uh, some of the sources? It comes from uh, a, a final paycheck that somebody sent to you and you never received. It can come from last year we gave $600,000 to a lady who was the beneficiary of a life insurance policy and no one ever told her about it. And uh, it can come from all kinds of places, a dividend check from an electric co-op, a bank account that somebody opened for you when you were a child and, it, and you know the, the accounts didn't follow the addresses as you grew up and moved. We have $700 million sitting in NC Cash, and thanks to the hard work of uh, Brenda Williams and, and Alan Martin and their team, we now have a, a new revamped website. The first time in over 25 years that this website's been improved, I guess. And um, so people can go to nccash.com, and if they don't see my face at the top left, they're probably on a website of a uh, an unclaimed property website that tries to charge them a fee to collect this money. We don't charge people a fee. So they go to nccash.com. Uh, every time that we mention this on the show, by the way, uh, you know somebody either comes up to you or Jason or myself and says, hey, I heard you on the Don Curtis show, and I went to nccash.com, and Lord knows, lo and behold, I had $693 sitting there that I didn't know about. So it's a very important thing. There's $700 million worth of cash securities and assets. There's also some other things like baby teeth silver teeth gold teeth false teeth i'm putting those in order of our age here so <laughs> and the reason is is that all the abandoned lock boxes of north carolina end up at the treasurer's office and uh you know what your parents used to put in lock boxes right yeah, yeah. <laughs> well think about all that ending up at the treasurer's office so we have lots of things at the treasurer's office but mainly it's stocks and 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 securities and cash over a million dollars worth of unclaimed property that belongs to churches across North Carolina, over a million bucks. Uh, <clears throat> we had, I think, 16 hospices that had money in unclaimed cash. Uh, you know, a dozen or so habitats that had unclaimed cash, many of other uh, nonprofit entities. So people can go to nccash.com and they can see if they have any money. And, if you have an unusual name like Falwell, you don't have to put it in a city. If you have a, a usual name like Curtis, you probably need to put it in a city. Every state has one. And finally, uh, put in your spouse's name, put in your parents' names, put in your kids' names. We have more records of things that belong to people than we have citizens in North Carolina, so that your chances are good. You know, the interesting thing about the $700 million, you put that into the economy and get it to work, it can have a beneficial effect on the economy. That's a lot of money. <clears throat> well, it can. And, uh, but, uh, you know, North Carolina's had the unclaimed property division for a long period of time. Every state has one. So if your listeners are um, not uh, natives to North Carolina, they can simply uh, go to the, their state website of wherever they, was they used to work or live and they can probably find unclaimed property there and if you have a small businesses a small business excuse me <clears throat> you should plug that name in curtis media you should plug that in and see if any of the uh, any of your businesses have unclaimed property 
Well, it, it, like you said, seven hundred million dollars it belongs to somebody else, uh, and uh, that's a that's a that's a stash of cash, so to speak, and uh, that's that's an interesting thing, and so we hope that uh, people will check that. That's nccash.com, and as we said, there's always somebody that's coming up with a website that's similar that wants to charge a fee, but there's no fee for this. Uh, if you have unclaimed cash, it comes directly to you, and all you have to do is prove your ability <coughs> to, to actually uh, deserve it. And the new improved website, if I may add, previously it would just say under 50 and over 50. No. Now if it's under 50, it tells you exactly how much it is. Okay. Okay. Uh, so um, uh, the other question I was going to ask you is how, how are you determining uh, investments other than bonds uh, <coughs> for the pension plan, which, uh, as we said, uh, you know, the bonds are – uh, not paying very much anymore. So if you're trying to reach a five or six or seven percent return, you're going to have to have other investments. Mm-hmm. How are these picked, and and how risky can you be? How much chance can you take? Well, good question. And I put a graph in front of you, which obviously your listeners can't see, but this is what's happened to interest rates over the last. Uh, the, this is actually the history of the pension plan in the last fifty years, and. You can see when the blue line, which is interest rates, is above the red line, which is what you're supposed to earn on this, it's easy to be the state treasurer. <laughs> but as you can see, the, the assumed rate returns 7 and the interest rates are about 2%. So uh, we have an asset allocation model at the treasurer's office. We've always been known as, as one of the most conservative pension plans in the United States. Uh, last year, our plan lost less than other plans, our peer group plans. Because uh, there's always uh, there's always loss involved in investments. You're going to have some losses, <clears throat> right? Yeah. And you know we had a great year coming up in the third quarter. We gave it all up in the fourth quarter, like a lot of folks did. But but because of the conservative nature of our plan, uh, we uh, when 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 times are booming in the stock market, we don't make quite as much as others. And when times are not so good, like the fourth quarter of last year, uh, we don't lose as much money as others. And that's why. Uh, possibly, yeah, we have one of the most um, uh, conservatively managed but also uh, well-funded pension plans in the United States. And w- what we try to focus on is value. What investment brings value to our participants? And where's the margin of safety? And, you know, value and margin of safety are two things that Warren Buffett has admonished us about for the last 35 years. And as the keeper of the public purse, that the ultimate, it's not about th- theory and it's not about other things it's we're in the check delivering business we're spending 515 million dollars every 30 days out of this pension plan for benefits that is six billion dollars a year b with a billion b so we're sending more money out of the pension plan every 12 months than the state has long-term debt (coughs) so being in the check delivering business we're always focused on what brings value to our participants and we have tens and tens of millions of dollars of these investments that are tied up for the long term, and um, we manage those also. How is the general health of our cities and counties, and do we have any of our cities and counties that are in uh, a, a period of uh, sort of uh, real concern, uh, uh, ones that you're really having to watch and worry about their financial uh, longevity? Great question. Uh, we, I am, as keeper of the public purse, one of my responsibilities that, like Charles Hadley pointed out in the book about Harlan Bowles, <clears throat> is I'm the chair of the local government commission. It's a unique commission that was created after the bankruptcy of Asheville, North Carolina, and it was a a a a stop, so to speak, a, a, 
a train stop for anybody who wants to issue tax-free debt in North Carolina comes through the local government commission and gets a thumbs up. There's over 1,300 entities like Wake County, City of Raleigh, uh, Charlotte Airport, for example, Salem College and Winston-Salem that come through the LGC, a lot of uh, nonprofit nursing homes, uh, to borrow money. As far as directly to directly answer your question, uh, we have over 180 uh, cities and counties and other types of entities that are on the what we call the unit assistance list where there is a concern. We have about 11 counties on that list right now. We have probably 60 or 70 cities on that list right now. As you have reported and uh, your listeners have read about, otherwise uh, we just took over Eureka, North Carolina. Now Eureka has a designation of being the only city in America that has an undetonated nuclear weapon in its within its city limits, and uh, just got Jason just woke up on that one. Uh, the The reason is that I think in the early '60s, you remember the early '60s? I do. Okay, just one. I was twelve. Okay, <laughs> hundred, <laughs> and uh, so. Uh, uh, in the early 60s, there was a plane that was coming in to, I guess, John, uh, Seymour Johnson or Pope uh, that had nuclear weapons on it. It was going to crash land. Uh, they released three nuclear weapons uh, before the plane landed, and they found two of them, and they didn't find the third one. And the third one is in Eureka, North Carolina, and it's 220 feet below the surface in a mud bog, uh, never be, to be extracted. And we just took over Eureka because of uh, financial, uh, they ran out of money to run their water and sewer system, and we're having to do that all across North Carolina, unfortunately. Well, of course, uh, North Carolina has a number of cities, especially in uh, uh, 20 or so counties, that are losing population, and that means they're losing tax base, and that's their source of income, and so there's nowhere for them to go for money, and the situation only gets worse because things cost more and money's coming in less, so that's going to be a serious problem for those uh, communities that are faced with that problem. I'm very concerned, Don, uh, about this issue. It's one of the invisible things we deal with. But when you're having a hard time at record low unemployment, record high stock prices, and record low interest rates, if you're having a hard time in that environment, uh, just think of the hard time you're going to have when any of those things turn in the other direction. And uh, as you know, North Carolina, as we've said so many times, we are we we have the the. 20 or so or 30 or so counties that are just growing very well and, and handling their growth. And, and uh, yes, that creates some problems because they have to build infrastructure and all that, but they have future tax base coming. These other counties are faced with the same infrastructure problems, but don't, don't have the money. Right. We just approved uh, a sewer pump, for example, for Sparta, North Carolina, an area of the state that many of your listeners, including you, are very uh, fond of. Uh, you know, they originally budgeted it, it takes a different uh, type of process to, to pump sewer in the mountains than it does on flatland, obviously. Uh, you know, they had to put a new pump in, and they originally budgeted $486,000 for it, and it came in at $800,000. I mean, when, when a pump, one pump, almost literally doubles in price uh, on some of these small rural communities, and they – you know, this, the, just the difference in the price is more than the cash they have on hand. You're absolutely right. It's, it's a big issue. And we're trying to get the uh, the General Assembly has given us their attention on the Eureka and Cliffside situation. 
Uh, we don't want to take over any county or any city or anything within the purview of the treasurer's office. But the statute says that if these certain things happen, that that's going to be necessary. And on this local government commission, by the way, just to educate your listeners very quickly, is the you know the state altar of North Carolina, the Secretary of Revenue of North Carolina, uh, the Secretary of State of North Carolina, other great board members. So this is this is an issue that some very high level people look at all the time. Our guest is Dale Falwell, and we'll be back right after this. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was 0.5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter has just been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95... I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me, your handy chains, dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. We're back with our final segment of uh, Carolina Newsmakers for this week. Our guest is Dale Fowler. Well, a reminder that if you miss part of this broadcast or if you want to share it with a friend, you can go to carolinanewsmakers.com and do just that. Also, a number of our stations carry only 30 minutes of the program instead of the full hour. And so if you'd like to hear the segments that you missed, you can also go to carolinanewsmakers.com and those segments are identified and you can listen to those without uh, uh, listening to the entire program. That's for your convenience, carolinanewsmakers.com. Dale Falwell is our guest. He's the uh, treasurer of the state of North Carolina, and we talked earlier about the uh, pension fund, and we have also talked a little bit about the state health plan. Uh, the fact that uh, you are also uh, worried about uh, investments, uh, and there is some talk of uh, possible slowdowns in the economy and that sort of ebbs and flows with the news. Sometimes people think we're going to have a, a, an adjustment in the economy. Others uh, think it may be some time off and some time off is usually referred to as about a year and a half or two years. But uh, no one seems to think we're going to have anything like we had uh, a decade or so ago where we had a, just a major problem. What, what's your assessment of that situation? Well, 
my assessment is, as I said earlier about, for example, the small towns can be applied to any individual that's listening to this program or, or any business. When, when we have a record low, when we have record high employment, record high stock market, record low interest rates, it's a time to really not get giddy about what you're doing. It's really time to start tightening up and, and understanding, you know, what businesses you're in and, and, and what you're doing. Uh, you know, the economy could turn down and the stock market not turn down. The stock market could turn down and the economy not turn down. It's, we're in a very strange situation here, Don. We talked earlier about lower interest rates and how lower interest rates help lots and lots, millions and billions, millions of people in the economy, but how it hurts the, the pension plan performance because we have so much of the money that's in fixed income conservative investments. Uh, but the, the, the point I was, I was trying to make about all this is that, that uh, we have $16 trillion. Now, earlier you started talking about millions, and then we morphed into billions. Now we're into the trillions. We have, there, are six, there is $16 trillion worth of debt that has been issued in the world over the last 12 months at negative interest rates. It's like you give somebody your money to put it under their mattress, and then you pay them to put it under their mattress. Negative interest rates. Never happened in our lifetime. And this is a serious, serious issue about what it might pretend about our economy going forward. The uh, news is filled with information about uh, the, the tariff battle with China. Uh, we, our economies are so dependent on one another. China has huge investments in the United States. Uh, I think almost everyone agrees that these tariffs need to be adjusted. There's a lot of uh, controversy over whether President Trump is going about it the right way. Some people think he is. Some people think he's not. That's not the, that's not the point of this question. The point of this question is how, uh, how much of the uncertainty is, is causing concern to you just the uncertainty of it if and when it might be settled well the uncertainty is translating itself into volatility and volatility is obviously a big concern when when you have businesses that are in the hands of weak owners and what i mean by businesses is our new york stock exchange companies and what i mean by weak owners are the people who buy and sell those shares based on whatever the latest tweet was uh, or the latest news release was out of China on these important issues, you know, that's a, that's a very serious concern. You know, the stock market went up yesterday because the president has decided not to make these certain tariffs effective on the on the anniversary of the liberation of, of China's end of whatever, you know, October 1st. So the stock market went up on that. What does that really have to do with, no pun intended, with the price of eggs? Um, and but this is a very uh, serious matter. It's uh, impacting lots of folks. <coughs> there are lots of people who have been are going to be uh, possibly negatively impacted by tariffs. Some there's going to be winners, there's going to be losers. But everybody generally understands that this has been an un unlevel playing field for a long, long period of time. And uh, the president is uh, theoretically trying to figure out what's right, trying to get it right, and try to keep it right on behalf of the citizens of the United States. Okay, the General Assembly is still in session, still introducing and passing laws. Uh, anything pending that uh, uh, concerns the Office of the Treasurer directly? 
Oh, we have we have lots of legislation that is sitting in the House uh, Rules Committee, and uh, not knowing if it'll ever ever be heard. These are all things that we have the responsibility to do. Uh, these are all things that make money and save money. It's not naming a new biscuit or. Do we have a biscuit, by the way? I don't think so. A state biscuit? Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why you said that. It would be that. country ham if we had one. It'd be nice if you just brought biscuits in here to this show it once would in be. a while. Yeah, it would be. But anyway. Uh, so you know, low budget show. Yeah. I know. I got to take the elevator today. I didn't want to tell you that, that use some electricity. But anyway, uh, going back to the point, uh, we have major pieces of legislation that are sitting in the House Rules Committee. All things that make money and save money for taxpayers, which is what we're supposed to be doing as the keeper of the public purse. And, and we look forward to the opportunity to have hearings on those bills and, and to have them pass uh, almost unanimously. Now, uh, of course, also in the news is the uh, whether the budget is going to be vetoed or not. And we won't get into that uh, in this segment of Carolina Newsmakers. But uh, uh, the, the passing the budget, uh, of course, is not quite as a big a concern on the state level because of the fact that you revert – you have a system in place that keeps the government – going on last year's budget right which uh, at least takes some of the pressure off that well it does and over the last several weeks there have been many budgets m-i-n not m-a-n-y but m-i-n-i budgets that have passed <clears throat> for example that have funded the retirement system which is something that's very important to us at the treasurer's office so uh, we constantly monitor uh, what's going on but as i said earlier all we do at the treasurer's office as keepers of the public purse is we focus on making money and saving money and we don't spend a penny or buy a paper clip uh, without thinking about who that money ultimately belongs to and it's to the members of these plans and taxpayers like them well dale thank you so much dale falwell our north carolina state treasurer and uh, thank you for being so frank and uh, discussing the issues that have concerned to everyone our program has been produced by jason kong and he'll have another interesting guest for us again next week on the same group of stations all across north carolina and again, you can get more information on carolinanewsmakers.com. Till next week, same time, same station. Have a nice week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers.